guys, welcome to my rap talks where we talk about anything under the sun, the stars, or even the moon. As long as I want to talk about them, then let's talk about them. For those of you who just tuned in, welcome to my first podcast. I hope you like it, and if not, we can move on. <laughs> so today, uh, for this podcast, we're going to be talking about the coronavirus pandemic, or COVID-19 as most people call it here. I know... You guys are thinking, what the hell, she's too late, this is no news to us anymore, talk about something else, girl. But that's the good thing about having my own podcast, I can talk about anything that I want. <laughs> Just kidding. So anyway, I know everyone already knows what this uh, coronavirus is all about, how deadly it is. And so we're not going to dive into details of that, because that's not the topic that I have in mind, which I have written a lot so far. I want to talk about the things that is happening from where I am under this pandemic. There's been a lot of cities and countries that has been on lockdown. Some are still actually on it, just like here. Just to tell you a little bit of a backstory, we've been in quarantine since March 15th. Yeah, that long. So for those of you who's wondering where I am, I'm actually in the beautiful country of the Philippines. One of the best countries to go to that was prior to lockdown. And it will still be one of the best places to go to after this pandemic has been completely wiped out of the planet. However, it's also probably one of the worst places to experience a lockdown with a deadly virus such as COVID-19. Don't get me wrong. I love this country. I so love this country. I was born in it and I'm gonna die in it as well. And I'm being honest when I tell you that this is also the worst place to experience a lockdown. Just right now, if you Google it, you'll find that Manila is on the longest lockdown yet to be lifted. It's been over 100 days, guys. 100 days. I think it's already 100 seconds today. Can you believe that? And so it's been very difficult for a lot of people. It's been very difficult for a lot of people all over the world. I can't know how bad it is for them, but I can certainly tell you what's going on here. It's, it's really bad. So before we go on any further, aside from the fact that I'm at home with nothing to do, getting bored, I am also frustrated about how things are. That's why I've decided to create this podcast. Sort of like a journal for everyone to hear my thoughts, of course. Or bash my thoughts. If you're going to do that, feel free to do it. And hopefully someone who has the power or the capability to help make things right can hear this. I'm really hoping. So when all this all started, I was... uh, I was actually on my way home in a bus, not knowing it was the last time that I'm gonna leave the house or see the office. And it's been almost four months. That night, it actually took me six hours to get home because everyone was panicking and scrambling to get home and traffic was building up because of the checkpoints where police and military people were checking for temperature and stuff. That's why it took so long. 
on a regular day that six hours travel time should have only taken me less than two hours to get home even with super heavy traffic but it took me six hours i really really needed to be <laughs> i couldn't get out of the bus because we were in the middle of the expressway and i had to really control it until i got home before i got home i wanted to do some grocery shopping guess what the shelves were empty well i guess everyone did their panic buying before i got there i said to myself oh well nothing left for me to do now but panic because there's nothing left for me to buy now so i went home with a very little grocery whatever it was that was still available for me to buy i i took it and so i woke up the next day everything was shut down no transportation of course no travel no going to work stores were closed even uh, um only very few of them that sells essential specialty food those were uh, those were the ones that were open i did try to go out though because i was thinking that since um bpo employees are still uh are still supposed to go to work i did try i was out waiting for public transport for about 45 minutes to an hour and then i decided to just go home because there was nothing out there no no buses no jeepneys no tricycles nothing not even private vehicles were traveling when supposed to be at the time that i leave the house for work there's a lot of them out there already so everything was becoming clear to me that it was definitely a lockdown and the world as we know it stopped revolving it it just stopped we were stuck at home we couldn't do anything but watch the news everyone had to stay home i mean everyone was forced to stay home because of it and that's it it was all that we can do to stay home and watch the news no one expected that it could get any worse. We were okay to endure the 30 days of enhanced community quarantine. We were ready for that because, of course, none of us wanted to be uh, part of the statistics where it says you are either POI or especially you don't want to be part of the statistics that says you're one of them that died from COVID-19. So we stayed home. We were also told that the government had a plan that we shouldn't worry. They promised that every single employee who won't be able to work would get a dole out or subsidy from the Department of Labor. That was supposed to be about 5,000 bucks, 5,000 pesos for every employee who will not be able to work. Lo and behold, not everyone got it especially BPO employees did not get it. That means me. And so as other industries who are not part of it. And so we stayed quiet about that. We're fine. We still have money. We can still be alive for the next 30 days. None of us knew that there was a screening process um, that when the government says all employees means only some 
of the employees that won't be able to go to work to think that every one of us are taxpayers. But anyway, it was like they just uh, decided which people needed the money or which people don't. I gotta tell you this. People who work at PPO, everyone thinks that we have a lot of money. But we don't always have money. It might be higher than your average salary, but people with BPO are single parents, working students, breadwinner of their family. So it does not necessarily mean that because of the offer that we have, we get to always have a lot of money. That's not always the case. BPOs also leaves from paycheck to paycheck. I know that for a fact because me and my friends are just some of them. Not only that, BPOs are one of the few businesses that were left open amidst the lockdown. So, it was business as usual. Our company made some of us actually work from home, which is a good thing. I'm not one of them because of um, issues, technical issues from where I live. Some had a chance to work from home, but there were still a lot who couldn't, including me. So yeah, whatever little we were able to save, we are scraping the barrel now. That's for the rainy days though. We were saving that for the rainy days, and it's actually pouring COVID-19 shitstorm right now. So it got me thinking, if I'm having trouble financially, what about those street vendors, construction workers, drivers, etc. Those people that don't get to save the way some of us do. They are going to starve. That's that's what everyone is thinking. Which leads me to the next topic, which is the social um, amelioration program. (laughs) Did I say it right? Well, this is supposed to be a financial aid amounting between 5,000 to 8,000 pesos for um, two months or you're going to be given 8,000 pesos to feed your family or buy your essential needs. And this is going to be given to you in two, in two tranches, 8,000 for the month of April and then 8,000 for the month of May. They have qualification for this as well. I won't bore you with the details, but basically you have to be one of the, what the government calls, quote, poorest of the poor, unquote, to qualify. Now comes the problem. The middle class are uh, are starting to get impatient. They are getting impatient because, of course, the middle class are what you call the people who's paying most of the taxes. We are the people that cannot actually get away from taxes because every time we get our payslip you will see there that the taxes has been removed already of course everyone already knows that everyone of you knows that sometimes we don't even want to check our payslip because we don't want to see how big our taxes are but anyway keep in mind that not all middle class have money in their pockets to spare it doesn't mean that they're living in a village or a subdivision as we normally call it here in the Philippines, it doesn't mean that they have money. Those houses from those villages and subdivisions are mortgage. Those are loans from banks and from other institutions. If you see someone who's a middle class who has a car, that means that's a loaner too, and they are paying that every month. 
So technically, whatever they, whatever middle classes earn, already has somewhere to go to every month. And just like these poorest of the poor that they are calling, who qualify, middle class families have bills to pay too. So why don't they qualify? That's the question of everyone. Why is the subsidy not for everyone when every one of us are paying tax? We never really got a straight answer to that question up until this very moment. I think they just uh, showed it up under a pile of more pressing questions that they needed to answer. So weeks passed and we all get more frustrated from the news on TV where people got, um, especially when the people who got the social amelioration funds, they got arrested because some of them were caught buying drugs just right after getting the money. And it kind of, it, it, it kind of made us think, what the F people, that's, that's hard-earned money or taxes paid by people who cannot get out of tax, who did not get anything, and you guys got it, and you're just wasting it on drugs. And so the next day, the social media became full of rants from people about the government giving our tax money to the wrong people. Let's admit it though, this is not the government's entire fault. Who would have known what these people would do after they get the money? It's not like we have someone who's going to be in charge in checking what they will buy for that money. Once they have it, it's theirs. Do whatever they want with it. We're not part of it, so I'm just glad that they got arrested though. That's that's something. At least whatever they bought, they won't be able to use. So don't get me wrong. I support the government. I know they are trying their best. It's just that sometimes it's not enough. It's, it's not good enough, as the song says. But it's the only thing we've got, so we blindly put our faith in them. And so after 30 days, that 30 days became 45 days. Then that 45 days became 60 days. And now, as I mentioned earlier, it's been over 100 days and still more and more people are hungry and frustrated and people are still dying of COVID-19. And we can't do much about it because there's still no vaccine even after so many months. The coronavirus is still ongoing, strong as ever, raging on, and there's nothing we can do about it. June's almost over, but just like so many other employees, I have not been able to go back to work because the company that I work for cannot give me back my job for some reason. I have to stay home until further notice. That that simple, that's the only explanation. So it means we don't get paid and it's been almost four months. I could say that I should still be thankful because I have not been able to I mean, I have not been let go yet. However, it's the same as not being employed because I'm not getting paid and I'm not doing any work. I might as well find another job, which is now very, very hard to do at this time because a lot of people are losing their businesses. A lot of people are closing their businesses. Bankruptcy, it's, it's everywhere now. I know two friends who can't go back to the restaurant they are working on because their owner, the owner of those restaurants are no longer capable of sustaining 
the business if they open again especially now that the new normal as everyone's talking about means only half the profit that they were getting before after almost four months of not getting anything not profiting from their restaurant so they're closing now 13 weeks of quarantine it did a lot of damage particularly financially everyone feels it when the extended community quarantine was loosened to general community quarantine or gcq uh, from ECQ to GCQ, a lot of people were excited to go back to work. Never mind the virus lurking around, their families are starving, so a lot of people had to march on and go back to work. If they were able to go back to work, that is. And the news was filled with working people trying to go back, trying to get to their offices, and some of them were very heartbreaking because some of them had to actually were um some of them had to walk four hours five hours to get to where they work and then after eight hours they had to walk another four hours to five hours to get home and that's like eight hours of your time taken by walking when you're supposed to be with your family so that's 16 hours of your time already for the whole day not getting much of it it's not even over time it's just you walking to and from that's because there were limited or there were no public transportation that's what happened um when they when they uh loosened the quarantine in manila i also work in manila but since i haven't been asked to come back yet i'm still stuck at home so the next news after this was about the soaring demand for bicycles it became the norm because that is the only transportation they can afford that's the only thing that people can afford bear in mind that philippines is actually a third world country it's not something that a lot of people would like to hear being used to describe our country but it is the truth you have to deal with it it's the truth Driving lessons not even part of our school curriculum. Most of us won't be able to own a vehicle of our own our entire lives. It's a luxury only few people here can afford. Most, Philippine, most Filipinos will be riding the jeepneys to and from work forever. It's the cheapest mode of transportation here. For those of you who's never been here, get your phones and Google jeepney. That's J-E-E-P-N-E-Y. You'll see this really colorful vehicle. A little bit of a history if you don't want to Google it. Jeepneys are actually modified U.S. military jeeps after World War II. Which the, uh, with actually the ingenuity of the Filipinos, the jeep was made to seat more passengers. Thus, it became longer than the regular jeep from uh, the old jeep that were left by the Americans from World War II. And it became the number one public transportation vehicle here in the Philippines. It's actually, uh, it's actually described as the king of the road here. And did I mention the cheapest? And so there's our next topic, which is the jeepney drivers. Moving on. If you're a Filipino like me, you love jeepneys. 
they are everywhere as long as you don't mind not having AC and you like embracing the wind on your face you love it for those that um, want to visit our country this is a must experience the jeepneys or jeeps symbolizes the Filipinos a lot the Filipinos creativity and if you want to experience new things then this is definitely or this definitely should be part of your bucket list now you'll have to try it just like um, you'll have to taste the chicken adobo when you go here or when you come visit our country just like you'd like to try the beaches your visit won't be complete without riding one of our jeepneys that's a fact and just like all the rest of our public transport the king of the road also had to stay home because their drivers had to stay home due to the quarantine this at the moment is actually a hugely heated argument everywhere not everyone can afford to keep riding the cab or tnbs to and from uh, their workplace they are simply too expensive for the average wage earner what more with the minimum wage earner they can't be spending all their money to travel to and from work using cabs and tnbs it's just very expensive and buses have limited route vans are simply not everywhere the auvs so we are left with the question where's the jeepneys where are they where's the colorful jeepneys the the cheapest mode of transport here in the philippines Apparently, the Department of Transportation, or DOT, had the jeepney at the very bottom of their hierarchy, as they call it. You can picture me uh, doing the quotation there, their hierarchy. Which means they are the last to be deployed after the trains, buses, taxis, TNVS, AVs are all out, or maybe not at all, ever. You see, even before the pandemic, there has been plans to um, implement the uh, modernization of the public transportation here in the Philippines, specifically the jeepneys, because they're deemed to be very old, rusty, or unfit to be driven with passengers. However, it was difficult for this to take place simply because the drivers and operators don't have the funds to shoulder the modernization that was asked of them. Aside from the fact that what is being offered as replacement to the traditional jeepney looks more like a, a minibus or a bigger van than the trademark jeepney features, which the whole world knows about, so a lot of people did not like the change. It was decided that the change will have to wait or it will have to be gradual. It cannot be done right away because, of course, there was no funds to support the change that they're asking but it was never taken off the table it was always at the table so fast forward to june 2020 the quarantine has been listened people are starting to go back to work thus needing the public transportation to come back and be there for them to get them to and from work or whatever else the people here in the philippines need to do in manila the first to go out to support the needs for transportation was the taxis and TNVS, but they were, again, as mentioned earlier, very expensive for the average Filipino commuter. It's not something, it's not something that can be used all the time. It's very expensive. 
I should know because I have used this several times and I myself would not have used it unless it's really necessary. I'm more of a, a bus or a jeepney kind of person or tricycle if you know that if you know what a tricycle is you can check it out google it and search for a tricycle here in the philippines that's one of the things that you should try when you get here as well so after another week the buses were released so long as again they will only take on half of the passengers capacity for the observance of social distancing so there you go the buses are out but again since they're only taking half of their capacity they cannot support the entire workforce, the Filipino workforce who needs to go to and from work. So they need additional assistance. Another weekend, they are planning to let the AUVs go out. For those of you who's not familiar with AUVs, it's uh, an acronym for Asian Utility Vehicles. These are the vans. Uh, L300s and the like that's actually used for public transportation here in the Philippines. All these while the jeepney, uh, the jeepney drivers and the operators are starving with their families because they have no other source of income. These people so want to earn a living that they already took it upon themselves to modify their vehicle to support the social distancing they say it, uh, they already set up barriers for passengers um uh for for passengers to know where to sit so that we can make sure that the social distancing is observed while using the jeepneys and even after all of these the dot or the department of transportation still won't let them out I understand the need to make sure that the people are safe when riding the public transportation. I do. I really do. But what I don't understand is, nearby provinces are already allowing jeepneys, the modified ones with the barriers for passengers inside, and those jeepneys are all being allowed to go out as long as they observe social distancing. So why can't we do that here in Manila? DOD keeps saying that they are at the bottom of the hierarchy so everyone else on top of the jeepneys will have to be released first before the jeepneys can be released for public transportation. That's what they keep on saying over and over and over and freaking over again. So when are they going to the bottom of the list? When are they going to be able to realize that whatever is out there, the buses, the taxis, the DMVs, the AEVs, are not enough to support the transportation of all of these working Filipinos to and from their work and their homes? However, up until this very moment, even though there's a shortage of transportation, they are still not allowing the jeepneys to go out. These drivers are now literally now begging on the streets so they can feed their families. Literally begging. Like they have their cans and and placards out begging for people to give them coins or loose change or whatever. Just for them to be able to go home and feed their families because it's been months of no of of, of no driving. It's been months of quarantine not being able to earn anything it breaks my heart that these fathers have to stoop begging 
They have to stoop to begging when they are skilled drivers crying out loud. Every day, the news is now full of them begging in the streets for some change just so they won't starve. And it's so heartbreaking. Is it just me? Because I'm thinking that policies are actually supposed to be created to make lives better. But I think this policy that they have, that they have the jeepney at the very bottom of their hierarchy, is bullcrap. It's full of crap. And people can see through it now. If you're not going to let them go out and earn, then give them something to help them feed their families and don't let them get stuck out there drowning. They're begging, for God's sake. Now I can't help but think that DOT is actually using this pandemic to finally and permanently retire the jeepneys for the sake of their modernization. I hope it's not the case, but I can't help but think. I'm thinking that this is the opportunity that they have been waiting for to finally get rid of them. Where the hell is your heart? You're gonna let these people starve so that you can just finally do what you have been planning to do all this time? It's like you're thanking COVID. It's like you're thanking whoever in China created COVID just for you to be able to implement these rules or this modernization. It's like you're thanking COVID who killed a lot of people just for the sake of you being able to do this, which you cannot do before because a lot of people are against it. What the hell? Have a heart. Then there's this suggestion of a cashless payment for public transportation. I do not know exactly who suggested it, but I'm just glad that it hasn't been implemented. Whoever this person is, is completely self-centered and not someone who knows how to put their, uh, their themselves in someone else's shoe. Why I think that? Because, put it this way, not every Filipino using public transportation can afford to have mobile data all the time. Oh my god. Remember, this is a third world country. There are so many people here whose priority is to put food on the table before getting mobile data services. Alright? Some of them don't even eat three times a day. So how are they going to go on with a cashless transaction for public transportation when it requires mobile data or a beep card? Let's talk about a beep card. Beep card you can buy from 7-Eleven or somewhere else. However, after months and months of not being able to earn, these vehicle owners, you're requiring them to buy or modify or get this machine for passengers with beep card to use it to pay. I mean, these machine readers for beep card. And that's gonna cost a lot of money. Money that they don't have. Money that the government will not give them so that they can modernize their jeepneys. Money that the government's not gonna give them so the buses can have this device. 
It's not like you're gonna put Wi-Fi all over the place so people can use cashless transaction. Not everyone has mobile data. Again, this is a third world country. As much as I don't want to use that term, we have to deal with the facts that we're not capable of having all of this at once. Not everyone here in the Philippines has that capability. We're not earning enough individually to have that capability all the time. What the hell? What the hell are you guys thinking? You're not even going to give them the money to do that and you're requiring them to have those. I don't think so. I don't really think that's going to happen. I really hope that whoever had this idea will just stop. Speaking of free Wi-Fi, that is now the dilemma of teachers and students here in the Philippines. As the new normal of learning is being imposed, yeah, imposed upon both students and teachers. Let's go back to remembering again, this is a third world country, people. Do I have to scream it out loud? We're not rich. Not everyone here is wealthy enough to get Wi-Fi, buy gadgets, or buy new gadgets to support online learning. Trust me when I say that not the whole household here has subscription for internet because they just simply cannot afford it. The, the street that we have, the, the street where I live in, just a few just a few houses have internet service. I know that because I I know that because I can see the names of their Wi-Fi. So I'm pretty sure I know how many people in this in the street have Wi-Fi connection or internet service. So how are you going to have a blended learning? There will be times they'll need to use the internet when they don't have access to it. How? Can somebody tell me how? You guys make me so crazy. I want to pull out my hair and gouge my eye. Oh my god. Just a few days ago, I almost cried when I saw the news about the teachers who had to hike up beside the highway up the mountain just to get a good signal so they can go um, and join this uh, online seminar for the new normal school methods that the Department of Education had for them. If you can provide the teachers a good service for internet, what more the students? Most of all, not all the teachers and students have the capability or the means to buy smartphones, tablets, notebooks, and all those gadgets to support online learning. Jeez, people! The callousness and insensitivity of the of these people are actually irritating me. I just... Oh. Can someone tell me people to, to try to put them... Can someone tell them? Like, teach them how to try to imagine themselves in the shoes of these people. The shoes of these drivers, the teachers, and the students who can't afford these stuff. It breaks my heart that people all over the world are suffering and there are still people who don't care. There you go. Let me know what you think of this podcast. And uh, if there is a topic that you'd like to hear my opinion to, just uh, 
let me know. Be nice to each other. Till next time from the Brat Talks.